Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including the Grammys mic-dropping Drake, the Chuck E. Cheese pizza conspiracy, the president calling 911 to pay for his border wall, plus entertainment news and movie and TV trailer reviews during one of our favorite parts of the show, Trailer Talk. I'm Kevin Williams, a Los Angeles-based entertainment news podcaster, comedy writer, and one half of the five-star rated podcast, TV Channeling. I'll be recapping the week with two incredible co-hosts. Let's start off with Ladies First. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that introduction. Hi, everybody. I am Sherry Nova. I am a writer, sci-fi enthusiast, voiceover artist, kindness and oneness advocate, and most importantly, future Doctor Who companion. Yes, yes. All right, second co-host, count off now. Hey, everybody. I'm Anthony Tone Show Nunez, a TV and film commentator for passion for sci-fi, comics, horror, and popular culture. I share my thoughts regularly on my YouTube channel, the aptly titled The Tone Show. (laughs) All right. I am loving these intros. We have a lot of news to cover. So let's start off with Monday, uh, everyone. So um, I think the uh, first up is me. Let's talk about what happened with the Grammys uh, last Sunday and the fallout from what happened on Sunday on Monday. Did either of you guys watch the Grammys by any chance? I I most certainly did. Go ahead, Sherry. I did not. Oh, (laughs) well, I saw all the clips and I'm aware of all the controversies, Kevin. So shoot away. All right. So the biggest controversy was Jennifer Lopez paying tribute to the Motown, uh, all of Motown, uh, with some of uh, doing a medley of some of the biggest artists on Sunday night. Um, She uh, some of the songs that were included in the medley were Square Biz by Tina Marie. Uh, Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes and Dancing in the Streets by Martha and the Vandellas. And she sang uh, The Temptations, My Girl, with Smokey Robinson. And it all hit the fan when I checked Twitter on Monday morning. Apparently, people were like going off from the moment the tribute started until I wandered onto Twitter Monday morning. Fans of the Grammys uh, and Motown were asking the question, why exactly... Is, uh, did the Grammys choose Jennifer Lopez yes. to pay tribute to a legendary black music label instead of a black artist? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I got to say that Smokey Robinson on Tuesday came to JLo's defense on Instagram. Uh, Mr. Robinson wrote that Motown united people of all stripes and that critics of Lopez's performance are just haters who spread the same bigotry that they so vehemently oppose. Oh, like like calling people hate. Getting called a hater on Instagram by a guy in his 80s has got to hurt. But anyway, but (laughs) you're simply a hater. Um, But for some people, it wasn't a race thing. It was a talent thing. And I am one of those people. Because, you know, if, if they had asked someone like Adele or Sam Smith, both of whom happen to be insanely white and British. If they had asked them to do a tribute to uh, Motown, I would have been all about it. I'd been like, somebody hand me a lighter so I can wave it in the air. But, <laughs> but so what do you guys think of this controversy? Do you think this was a, 
simply a race thing, a combination of things, or what? So I think you it was tackle? a combination. Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. I mean, if you think about it culturally, I think J-Lo is a perfectly fine choice. Do I think they had a lot of other options to choose from? Absolutely. Like, they could have technically asked Beyonce to do it. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe she said no. I don't know. But I think culturally, J-Lo gets a pass for doing it. But I do think that other choices were available. I honestly don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, I don't think it's a huge, but it's the idea that this is an iconic, you know, uh, music uh, label and they had the hits of you know a huge generation of time and, and a lot of classic songs and the idea it's not even like j-lo was known for singing r&b or whatever so that's why i think it's another thing about it so it's like a if you if you leave the race thing out and if you leave the talent thing out as far as them being known for being an incredible vocalist then it's still like wait you're not even famous for singing this kind of thing so it's like if you were doing a tribute to a country music artist would when they when they're doing a tribute like that would they call in you know uh drake to do a tribute to dolly parton my guess is no and so <laughs> that's what it that's why i think that some people were kind of like this doesn't feel right of all the people you could have chosen why her and i i hate people like even Smokey robinson he's gonna call me a hater on instagram later today um <laughs> but i don't understand um why you're a hater if you're saying like this isn't the most appropriate choice what did you think tone i i think that um that's as far as the the racial aspect of this i think people are saying oh you know jennifer lopez is is, is um they could have picked a, uh, a, a black person to do this um this tribute but i think what the, what they're really saying by um by a black person or a black singer, um, to be more specific, is they're, they're, they're trying to check off the, is this person qualified kind of to do this? For example, if we had Eminem do a tribute to Run DMC or Furious 5, nobody would blink at it. They would say Eminem is white as Lily, but he's qualified to, to do this tribute. So I feel like it, 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 they say color, but it's really more a fact about, is this person qualified to do this? Yeah. And I think that speaks to talent. Absolutely. That's a perfect example. No one would have a problem with Eminem doing a tribute to any uh, any uh, groundbreaking rap artist. And like I said before, I think Adele would have crushed it had she come out there and did mm -hmm. the tribute. And what you mentioned, Sherry, maybe, I didn't even think of that uh, that uh, angle. Maybe Jayla wasn't their first choice. They they went down there. They went down there like you know uh, their uh, contact list. And after like, about after eighteen people said no, right, let's try Jayla. Jayla's all like, "Yeah, sign me up." All right, because Alicia was right there, right? Alicia Keys was at the show. I, I thought that oh, was like, a that's great another choice. Wow, Alicia yes. Keys was right there. I, I bet she was giving all kinds of side of going like, you know, they could have asked me, but she all performed right. in everything. I was like, that counts. She's like a shoe in. Wow, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. Okay, so there was other big news that was made at the Grammys. Um, uh, for the first time, apparently in history, uh, there was a, a first solo female rap artist uh won best rap album of the year and that was cardi b with invasion of privacy uh and so i'm sure Nicki minaj was very happy for her um <laughs> but one of the funny things is there was a controversy uh, because b uh bet uh the uh the uh channel 
actually their whoever was in charge of their Twitter feed because they basically cut them loose publicly. They posted something derogatory about Nicki Minaj, saying that like, "Wow, um, Nicki Minaj just got just got dragged by her lace front wig," and uh, and Cardi B is like now the queen of rap, and so <laughs> and, and so immediately Nicki Minaj announced that she was supposed to be headlining some awards thing for them. Oh, by the way, I won't be doing that. And then BT's all like, "Oh." That was some intern or something that was handling our social on Sunday night. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's all forgiven. <laughs> well, okay. Wow. Does, does anybody does anybody have any kind of feelings about the idea that Cardi B is the very first woman to actually achieve this milestone of being the first solo uh, uh, rapper to win an album, uh, win best uh, rap album? Because I kind of feel. Again, I'm not a rap aficionado by any stretch. In fact, if they were doing a rap tribute, they're like, let's call in Kevin. No, they would not. (laughs) But I kind of feel like, wow, it does feel weird that Cardi B, a former stripper, is the, and, you know, famous for being on Love and Hip Hop and swirling around on a pole, is the first woman to achieve this milestone. I think that she's worked really, really, really hard for a really long time, and I think she deserves everything that she's worked for. So, yes. I find it very suspect. I think a lot of people were saying online that the Grammys have become a popularity contest and not a qualitative contest. Um, Remember, we have Lauryn Hill, we have uh, Missy Elliott, and Little Kim winning, winning Grammys, but not for rap album. And if Lauryn Hill didn't get the Grammy for rap album... I don't know. I'm very confused that Cardi B got it. I'm not playing. I'm not trying to diss Cardi B's grind. Like I agree with Sherry, she works hard. And and as far as being a stripper, like Eve was a stripper and she had bars. So I don't think that's what it is about. It's basically like, is she in the same line as Nas, Jay Z? Like I don't know. Like I find it. I think the Grammys kind of lost points on that. Even though she does work hard, but I don't. I think when it comes down to it, the Oscars does the opposite. They they award awards to films which they find high in quality but not a popular. And in this, we have the complete opposite. I think they award the award to, to someone who's incredibly popular now, but a lot of people might say it's not the best quality um, artist. That's my thoughts. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about the third and final big controversy of the night. Um, when Drake actually won for Rap Song of the Year, he came out and he started giving a speech and he started saying things like, you've already won if you have people who are singing your songs uh, word, uh, word for word, if you are a hero in your hometown, if there is uh, people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain uh, to see your show, spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here. I promise you, you already won. And then, shockingly, his microphone was turned off at that point. And, <laughs> and he was like, and he had more, he clearly had more to say, but they were like, and the Grammys were like, nope, you said enough. And so he wasn't happy. And I don't know if you guys heard, but some other rap artists uh, were boycotting, like Childish Gambino didn't attend. Um, I forget who else didn't attend uh, because they felt like. They're not, they're shut out when it comes to record of the year, the big awards, record of the year, song of the year. But I think This Is America ultimately ended up winning uh, mm-hmm. song of the year, period, even though with great lyrics like This Is America, This Is America, 
This is America. Wait, what country is it? This is America. So really deep lyrics. So Kevin. Yes. Kevin. Don't don't go after the song. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds it's very meaningful. All right. So so what what do you guys think of uh was was it wrong for the Grammys to pull the plug on Drake? Do you understand or, or do you agree with why Drake is protesting or their feelings that Drake and some of the other uh people in the rap community have about the Grammys feel, feel like they're not getting their due respect? Well, you know what? I think it speaks volumes that they cut his microphone off, uh, provided that it wasn't some sort of genuine technical issue. Um, I think that he will, his point will be made uh, and spread far and wide now that they've cut his microphone off. It would probably get more attention since that happened, as opposed to if he finished his whole speech. I think people get the message with what little bit he said. And I agree 1,000%. And I, as, as we've discussed before, as a millennial, speaking for all millennials, do we even need award shows? Correct. I just like to acknowledge that I, I really appreciate what you just did there, Sherry. You said it speaks volumes that they cut his mic off. That's an ill part. <laughs> No fun right there. <laughs> that was good. That was excellent. I caught that. Um, I, I really think it's interesting. I, I'm looking at more as an amalgam. Like, if you look at the Jennifer Lopez situation, which I thought was a little bit tone deaf on their end, if you look at the Cardi B situation, which I also thought was kind of like suspect, and now you look at Drake getting his mic cut off when he's, when he's delivering a message that might actually be favorable um, to the Grammys, I really think it just speaks in volume. Like, they really don't understand or take a uh, hip-hop r&b or, or these categories seriously they don't understand them because it, i think cutting his mic off was basically the period so them actually a, a couple mess ups i think already happened on the show oh absolutely and and i agree with what you said sherry that it only is going to elevate his message about the feeling that they're not getting the due respect oh and kendrick lamar also set out the grammys because of uh, feeling this way. Now, since Childish Cambino won for best song, you know, which is one of the, the, the it is like the highest, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, award honor. honor of the year is like, you know, song of the year. Uh, so this is America. They, yeah. It, Good. What country again is it? This is America. Good. All right. So that means I, I'm wondering if basically they're going to feel like between uh, that, Next year, everybody will show up, and you know, and we'll it'll, we're all we'll all play nice. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, next year. So, enough of uh, the Grammys. So, Tone, what else was going on on Monday? Also on Monday, Mars One Ventures has declared bankruptcy. That's right. The company that claimed it was going to send hundreds of Earthlings on a one-way trip to the Red Planet is now bankrupt. Experts long suspected that Mars One Ventures was a scam that was preying on space travel hopefuls. And if there was ever a company who can actually send you guys on a one-way ticket to a, the planet that Arnold Schwarzenegger still recalls to this day, would you guys blast off? Well, he totally recalls it, Tone. So <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sherry? Would you actually go to a planet far, far away? I think I believe you have uh, something to say about this in the first place because I know you're all about futurism. Okay, so for one... Uh, I think we may have discussed this. I can't remember if it was on the show or not. But if all the technology was already worked out, like Star Trek worked out, no manual, like space flight in like our little rockets that we have now, like it was like Star Trek. You go, we know you're going to come back unless someone blows up your ship. 
then I would probably go. But with the technology we have now, no way, Jose, I don't want to be a part of any, you know, mishaps due to not having the technology that we require. Okay, so no, not right now. If we have hidden technology that is Star Trek level and beyond, I would consider it. So have your people call my people. Now, <laughs> this Mars One thing, it like super shook me because I was there when they first announced the their company, their plans. I wasn't there there, but like I read about it on the internet. Um, and they were looking for a hundred candidates to go to Mars. And it was like, oh my god dreams come true this is the science fiction um future that i always hoped up for but it's like happening now and like we're gonna have flying cars soon and and people are not gonna die and we're gonna be able to become cyborg people it's gonna be great and it's gonna be amazing and no i didn't want to be one of those 10 people 100 people though I didn't want to, but I did want to dream with those people. So people were submitting their videos as to why they would be um, the great, one of the great people to be chosen. And I was watching those videos. Like I spent hours and hours watching these videos. People from all over the world were submitting these videos from Russia and from Germany and from America. And like, you know, people didn't have kids. They had nothing, but they wanted to go to Mars. And I had kids. So it was like, I don't want to go anyway, but whatever. Like, I felt so hopeful and so excited. But one thing was kind of uh, strange. It didn't seem they had any, like, parameters as far as health goes. Like, they weren't saying things like, you have to be in this type of condition or whatever. There were some things that looked a little bit off and so I was just kind of on the side of hopeful that it would actually happen, but obviously it didn't and it was a total flop and I feel so sad right now in my heart because where is my freaking sci-fi reality? When is my cyberpunk reality going to pop, well, guys? I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to pop in virtual reality, I guess. But the, what, what to me... <laughs> They were suspect from right off the top because I didn't understand how were they going to be making money off of this. In the best case scenario, if they were if they managed to you know uh, get people a uh, hundred people to Mars, how are they going to monetize it? Were they going to put like a giant like Oreo logo on Mars and they're going to get paid by Nabisco? I didn't understand how they're going to make money doing this and the fact that talk about suspect the fact that they didn't give any kind of qualifications and saying like okay you need this kind of level of qualifications to even apply is suspect right there because even the military which is very all kinds of sketchy when when a war breaks out even they have some base limits of what you need to you need to be this high to get on this ride so if the military in Disneyland have rules and they're telling you to send you to Mars and they have no rules whatsoever, highly suspect. But I am sad, like what you were saying, Sherry, about the whole cyborg thing. I was I was looking forward to my cyborg abs. So it's like, no sit-ups. This is great. So I'm saddened, too, by this latest development. What did you think? Oh, and I will need to answer the question. Hells no. Would I, <laughs> would I go up with some weird, sketchy company like, yeah, we're going to send you to Mars and you only get, and there's it's a one way trip? Hells no. If it was Star Trek style, it depends on who the current president is. Because literally <laughs> two years ago, in that January, I'd have been like, yeah, let's go. 
<laughs> get me out of here quick. All right, Tone, what about you? I, I think, Kevin, to answer your question, maybe the people had to leave their bank accounts and mortal possessions to the company since it's a one-way trip. That's how they made their money. Because you can't come back. So I'm definitely not down with this trip. And furthermore, <laughs> I'm really shocked that people actually want to do this one-way trip. Like, literally, you're saying, well, I'm going to die in space. Like, where do we get these people? Yeah, I want to think that basically just I would they, what they should have done was start a suicide hotline. And anybody like, well, if you're already thinking about ending it, why not end it in space with us? Because I don't understand wow. who else would say yes to this thing. To, oh, we're going to send you to, a, to Mars. Again, for what? What exactly are you going to get out of this other than just, I guess you're going to be in the history books. You were one of the first people to die on Mars. They thought they were starting a new colonization, a new civilization, a new society, a new hope for the future. What is confusing about that, people? Well, what's confusing to me is the fact that it's a place that doesn't have oxygen. If we discovered... All they the- were going to <laughs> build it! <laughs> if, all of a sudden we, if we discovered a planet that was like Earth, that was so many light years away, then I could see if you want to go there. But, I, but what I don't understand is, haven't we learned from sci-fi... Uh, that what's, it, things are going to go horribly wrong. I'm always stunned when people in sci-fi things land on some new planet and they're all like, oh, I guess the air is okay. We can take off our, 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 our helmets. It's like, wait a minute. There are what? Literally, there, there are literally places um, there are literally places on this planet right now, if you went into the Amazon, you can't go there without having all kinds of shots and stuff first because of there's parasites and all kinds of things that you could instantly, that, that would kill somebody who isn't from that particular area of the world. So the idea, don't tell me you haven't seen some sci-fi thing where they land, like on Star Trek all the time, they'll land on some planet and they'll be like, oh, the, it, has, it, has, uh, it has oxygen. We're cool. Let's just walk around. It's like, no, we're not. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You're an idiot. Have you never seen Field of Dreams, Kevin? If you build it, they will come. Okay, Kevin? You gotta build the shit on Mars so that people can come. It's not confusing. All right, you know what? I'm sorry. I, there's this, this is a little thing called Space Mountain at Disneyland. You can get your space on there, and you can breathe, and you can eat a churro, too. So, no thanks. Now, we are relying on Elon Musk, Richard Branson, who, whoever else is taking us to Mars. And by us, I mean those people. All right, Tone, let's move. Let's move on. I think none of us are going to space anytime soon. Thankfully. <laughs> also on Tuesday, during an interview about his new TBS series, Miracle Workers, Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe talked about a reboot of Harry Potter as almost unavoidable, saying, I'm sure there will be some other version of it. I know I'm not the last Harry Potter I'm going to see in my lifetime. Do you think, guys, that there are any movies or TV shows that got it right the first time and should never, ever be remade? What are your thoughts? Okay, I have a thought. There are certain things that, I, that they've danced around or gotten close to um, to very ill effect, but they haven't actually remade, and that is The Wizard of Oz. Oh, God. Remember how they did, like, a sequel a few years ago that crashed? First of all, they actually had – it was – oh, my God, what's his name? Um, oh. God, what is that guy? It wasn't. He was in the movie Twenty Seven Hours, where he has cut his own arm off. What's that actor's name? What? What? Twenty Seven Hours? You know, Forty Eight Hours? With Eddie there was, no, no. There's no, there's a movie about a guy. It was based on a true story where uh, there's a guy who is hiking by himself. For, oh, buried with yeah, um, all, Ryan first, Reynolds. First mistake. No, but uh, but never go. That people just 
I'm going to give you a little life lesson, even though it's nothing to do with the story. Never go hiking by yourself. I remember there was a story here in Southern California where a guy went and he was like in the mountains someplace and his dog ran off into the night and he went wandering around to go find his dog. Friends and family out there searching for weeks and then until they found his body. I'm like, if the dog is like, you know what? I'll call you whiskers, whatever. You don't come back. You're on. You're living with the coyotes now. I'm not wandering off into the woods. <laughs> gonna go oh, my God. You. you are on your own. I will keep oh, my God. I will sit out a bowl of food, and I will call to you. And until you, unless you come back to, the, to my four-wheel drive, you're staying in the woods. You're on your own. <laughs> Savage. But anyway, but there was a, a movie called 27 Hours. And it had this uh, actor starred in it where, where this guy, he falls into a crevice while hiking by himself. And he has to cut his own arm off to save his life because he's trapped. His arm is caught between this, this, this space in, uh, uh, between these two mountains. And so he has to cut his own arm off. And he actually did. And he survived. And there was a movie about it. Um, I can't wow. remember what that guy's name, uh, name is, Saved My Life. But anyway, the, there was a... There was a uh, there was a movie, a sequel to The Wizard of Oz that that happened, um, you know, a, like a few years ago, less than, uh, you know, six or seven years ago that um, was a sequel, but it wasn't actually a remake. And but it, it, it was a lot of money spent on it. And it but it was a, ended up being a huge bomb. It was called something like uh, I forget what it was called. But anyway, either clearly neither of you guys remember it can help me in any kind of way. So I will Correct. move on. <laughs> but the point is, the James Franco. James, thank you. Thank Google. you. Google. You are the best. Thank you. That's what a co-host does. Tone. Come wow. Down. That's wow. how it works. So yeah, <laughs> we're each other's net. Thank you very much. Thank you for being my net. I said Barry Duran Reynolds. Sounds familiar. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, James Franco was in it. So anyway, it was a disaster financially and creatively. So, yeah, that was something that actually got it right. Does, do either of you guys have anything that you think shouldn't be remade or shouldn't be touched? I'll let Tone go first. Well, thank you, Sherry. I was actually going to say uh, I'm not down for remakes. Remakes have been horrible, but I am down for extending the universe and a- adding something to it. So I'm down with movies that actually want to uh, fray in the same universe and maybe give us an addition or a prequel. But leave things alone. Like, It's a Wonderful Life should not be remade. Uh, a Christmas story should not be remade. Leave these things alone. Okay, so what you're saying is you don't want to you don't want a remake of A Wonderful Life, but you can. You, but we could do a movie going. It's still a wonderful life. Or yeah. It, or it gets more wonderful. So. <laughs> Send us a check if you use those. About his great great granddaughter who's doubting, who's having a really bad Christmas and w- wishing she had never been born. So. <laughs> wow, that that's a synopsis already. I'm ready. All right, IMDb. I want to check. All right, what about you, Sherry? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't think that anything should be untouchable, which is the exact opposite of what uh, the you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wow. I have a remake suggestion, actually. Wow. I think that they should remake the movie Hackers. Uh, with Angelina Jolie, Matthew Lillard. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay. And they should put me in it. <laughs> that is all. Oh, 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 okay. Why don't we, if we get to cast these remakes? Yeah, all right. 
There are quite wow. a few movies. American Gigolo starring me. Yes, there's. I can think of a lot of movies that need to be remade starring me. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um, I have a question. Now, uh, when it comes to remake. Hashtag remake hackers. Hashtag put Sherry Nova in it. <laughs> Self-promotion. Oh, my God. <laughs> now there have been uh when it comes to remakes there have been a, one of the new elements in remakes has been gender flipping and race swapping and this last weekend uh there was what a man wants which was a remake of the mel gibson movie what a woman wants and it was starring taraji p henson how do you guys feel about the gender swap and race swap when it comes to remakes is it actually adding something or uh, giving a new point of view or per new perspective or is it just another shameless money grab in lipstick and blackface i think it could go both ways so i think initially it's probably about the money grab but i think inadvertently it still leads to greater representation for different races and people so I think it has a money a monetary foundation, but I think it like is not hurting anybody. If you don't want to see it, you're not going to go see it. If you do want to see it, you're going to go see it. People get to see these movies in different ways. I don't see how it's a bad thing. Wow, well you need to tell that to everybody on Twitter that went insane when there was a black version of Annie and when there was a female version of Ghostbusters. You should have told them, it's not going to hurt you personally. This happens. Yeah, like, think of all the little black girls who got to see Annie as a black girl. You know what I mean? Like, they get to have that same experience that all the little Caucasian girls had when they saw it. So I think it would be initially about money, but I think it it can do a lot of good at the same time. But those poor little black girls are crushed because there was supposed to be a trilogy, but the first one did so badly, there was only one. All right, (laughs) Toe. What about you? Wow. And I completely disagree on this one. I I don't agree with remakes when they swap genders, swap um, ethnicities, and it's not because of, of race, but because it's not true. I'm really I'm really all about the canon, and and this is very big with Ghostbusters. I think a lot of people to this day still don't understand that the people who are upset about Ghostbusters, yes, there were a few selected people who were just a holes and you know misogynistic, but the majority of us fans were just upset that they were trampling on something we love that we've been supporting, and the studios didn't have any understanding of it. So if you gave us four ladies who are continuing the tradition and a sequel to the original movie, we would have loved it. We just didn't like that they were remaking something we already loved that was dear to our hearts. And the same goes for um, cartoon characters or comic book characters. I like the idea that there could be a black Spider-Man, Miles Morales, but I also like the idea that they kept Peter Parker alone. So if you want to include other races and genders in in a particular franchise, create a new character, add to that. Don't take away. Americans don't like when you take away. Leave our cheese where it is. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's funny i actually actually agree with you because i feel like when you, you're just doing a remake you're telling the same story you're your you're, you're gender flipping it or race flipping it it isn't you're not really broadening things i feel like there you can create new superheroes a perfect example is what happened with black panther mm-hmm. and how huge that was instead of basically just taking something that we had before and then and uh and then just like kind of changing it a little bit give us something new i like the idea of expanding the universe with uh miles morales and letting peter parker still be just as white bread as he always was they can there can be more than one spider-man in the universe and the que- there's a question about what's going to happen with the ghostbusters 
sequel that's going to actually be in the canon of the uh, first two movies that's going to have apparently a ghost busting teen boys and two teen girls and uh but some people are wondering if they're going to find a way to connect it to the all-female ghostbusters because they seem oh, to exist God. in different universes but some people are crying that if you if they could make it work with the uh, uh, into the spider verse, we may be going into the ghost busting verse. <laughs> okay, but here's my question with that: the new Ghostbusters, you felt it was trampling on what you've come to love. It doesn't prevent the one that you love so much from existing. So if you don't like the new one, why just don't watch it? Why even make a new one if the first one was perfect? But, but perfect is your point of view, right? Or is there no one who likes the new Ghostbusters? Well, you know what's no. funny? I'm going to say something incredibly shocking and controversial for the oh, very no. first okay, time. I'm ready. I have never seen the original Ghostbusters. Oh, my God. Kevin! Oh, wait, wait. Wait, it gets more controversial. I have seen the all-female version oh. of Ghostbusters. So that was my first Ghostbusters experience. Ghostbusting with ovaries. Did you like it? Yeah, I didn't hate it. It could have been funnier, honestly. It could have been funnier. Okay. I love the women that are in it, uh, and I was looking forward to it. It wasn't horrible. I've seen things that were crappier, but it, it to me, it, I, I the, even that's one reason I've never seen the original Ghostbusters because I guess Ghostbusting doesn't make me feel good. To be honest. <gasps> <laughs> Sherry, yes, can you give you us like a millennial it. angle on this? Wait, wait, wait. He likes to kill them and for them to stay dead. Oh, no ghosts, no zombies, <laughs> no none of that. Kevin, <laughs> kill, kill, kill. That's coming later in the show. All right. <laughs> All right. They're just so joining us. Now they're confused. Okay. Okay. No my, millennial, my millennial point of view on this is... Everyone can have what they want. Everyone can be happy. Um, a remake does not, it, like, they don't strip all the original version from freaking Netflix and from all of the libraries and, like, burn it. They're not like, this is the new one. This is the new king. This is all that exists. No, that exists. So if that's the one that you enjoy, go and watch that one. And for all the people who enjoy the new one, they can go and watch it. Like, what if you just don't have a point of view that the one that you love was burned at the grave because a new one exists no it still exists i promise go check your library it's still there that is my millennial point of view well what would, what would have really been interesting is if there was a straight uh remake of ghostbusters with men if people would have been just as upset because there were a lot of people it felt like it was a misogyny thing uh more so than it's just don't remake this but we'll never know for sure now that they're making a sequel with two boy teens and two girl teens the heading up that uh heading up the franchise um i feel like at least we're getting some sexual diversity i don't know what, what ethnically how it's going to play out but at least there's going to be you know uh some estrogen in the his house all right <laughs> okay tone let's move on to wednesday Okay, on Wednesday, YouTuber Shane Dawson broke the internet while keeping his clothes on by posting a conspiracy theory video that asked the question, is Chuck E. Cheese recycling its pizza? Dawson's theory suggests that because the slice lines don't line up 
to make one whole continuous circle. The pizzas are being served at the kid-themed restaurant are made from random slices from different pizzas that the employees bring back into the kitchen after the customers have left. Dawson adds at one point in the video that a friend from high school who he worked at who worked at Chuck E. Cheese once admitted that they reused pizza slices, but then he acknowledges that she might have lied. Chuck E. Cheese denies the YouTuber's claims, and a spokesperson for the chain said, no, conspiracies here. Our pizzas are made to order, and we prepare our dough fresh in restaurant, which means that they're not perfectly uniform in shape, but always delicious. So do you think that Chuck E. Cheese pizza is fresh out of the oven, or is it fresh out of the recycling bin, guys? Oh, that's, wow, that's a great turn of phrase, Tone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at this, Tone. You're so good at this. It is good. Uh, <laughs> well, have you have you guys seen the pictures? Or uh, did you, did, first, did anybody see the video of uh, that uh, that Shane put out? I haven't seen it. Did, has anybody seen any of the pictures that have been all over Twitter and all over social of people's pizzas from uh, uh, from uh, Chuck E. Cheese that look I haven't. all kinds of catawonky and weird? What about catawonky? Yeah, I've never not- actually, <laughs> I've never had a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I, I've only had a pizza. I've never had Pizza Hut or Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know why, but I just haven't. So I really just read about this story, and I follow Shane Dawson on YouTube, obviously. I subscribe. Uh, but no, I'm not aware of it all. Oh, my Okay, God. so right now I'm looking at the pizza pieces, uh, the pizzas on um, Google. Thanks, Google. Um, and I do see what people are talking about. But I have been to Chuck E. Cheese's myself, and our pizza was a perfectly uniform pizza. So perhaps there are some rogue units. That do their own thing. Okay, because probably it's like, it's like places like McDonald's where it's a you own a franchise, and so some restaurateurs may be like, "Yeah, the our bottom line is really tight. So if if, if somebody leaves a half a pizza uh, when they leave, just put it in the back and put some more cheese on it, get another oh. half." And yeah, that is very strange. Yeah, because clearly it looks like clearly when you look at the images that are all over the right. internet. They're the. It's clearly not one pizza, and and I love how right. they tried to make it sound like well because it isn't perfectly uniform. It's because it's hand made and artisan. No, you can tell when the pepperoni don't line up. No, right. these yes. are clearly <laughs> these are different pieces of pizza all put together to make some weird Franken pizza. <laughs> not cool, <laughs> not cool. So what I'm no, I'm shocked tone. So. Now, I don't know where did you have an incredibly sad childhood where you were never invited to somebody's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese? I didn't yeah, there's one Chuck E. Cheese in the Bronx that I know of, and I was kinda old already when I well older when I found out about it. So no, I, as a kid I never went to Chuck E. Cheese. And we have um Domino's in New York mostly. I really haven't run into a pizza hut. Well the 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 first of all, the thing that Shane Dawson didn't really talk about that I'm gonna bust another conspiracy right now. Okay. I don't. Why do? Why are people taking their children to a restaurant to be served food that's made by a rat? That is the bigger controversy. <laughs> it you know what, Kevin? It can't be sanitary. It can't be sanitary. I don't know where I saw this, but I was watching a video on Netflix, and it was like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Oh my god, was I on YouTube? I don't know where I was, but it was like Chuck E. Cheese. There was a rat, and this little kid wandered by himself to this rat, and then the animatronic rat came to life and grabbed the kid. He started screaming, pulled him in the back, and then everybody's like, where's the kid? That kid. 
did. What? No. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know what this video was. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was like, hmm, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so this is extra creepy. Okay, that's clearly a movie series. <laughs> no, it was a quick video. Okay. Wow. Okay, I think you were being punked because that would, that would definitely have been a story that we'd be talking about here on Last Weekly if a kid got stuck. No, it was a Netflix something. It was a short on some series on Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, they, all right. Then let's let's just move on. All right, Joe. <laughs> all right, Tone. Uh, what else was going on? Uh, uh, Wednesday last week. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, okay, so also on Wednesday, well, well, on Monday, Kamala Harris appeared on the popular New York City radio show, The Breakfast Club. And by Wednesday, Fox News had turned a part of this interview for, to a full-fledged controversy. They're calling it Reefergate. Kevin, what has both Fox News and Black Twitter talking? All right, for those of you who uh, haven't heard about this, have either of you guys seen any of the videos or clips from this? Yes. I haven't, but I read about it. Okay, so the, there, th- this, is a, the, this is a really weird controversy to try to explain. But basically, uh, Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris, and presidential nominee was on uh, The Breakfast Club, and she was being interviewed by DJ Envy and um, what's the other guy's name? Sean the God. Not Sean the God. Charlemagne. Charlemagne, Charlie, I call him Sean. That's how, that's how tight we are. <laughs> Charlemagne the God. To me, he's a demigod. But anyway, uh, so there, she was being interviewed, and one of the questions they asked was, had she ever uh, done marijuana? She said that she had done marijuana back in her college days. So later, after talking about a bunch of other stuff, towards the very end of the interview, Charlemagne asked her, uh, what kind of music does Kamala Harris listen to? And she starts mentioning, but before before she can answer the question, DJ Envy jumps in and says, "Like I want to know what you listened to when you were when you were high." And so she's uh, looking directly at Charlemagne. She says, uh, uh, "Snoop Dogg and uh, Tupac." And so Fox News was like, "Gotcha." Because uh, it turns out that those two artists uh, didn't have their first albums come out until after Kamala Harris had graduated from college. So here's the controversy. Some people are saying that they believe that she was lying to seem cool and pretended that she uh, once did marijuana. And that's why she was naming people that she was listening to uh, that, you know, it doesn't jive up because she was pretending. Other people feel like, wait a minute, she wasn't pretending. She was lying about only getting high when she was in college. And that when the albums of Snoop and, Snoop and Tupac came out, she was a uh, actually a young district attorney. And she was locking people up for doing marijuana while she was smoking it, listening to Tupac. So if you watch the video, she's looking directly at Charlemagne, answering his question, not answering. She laughs at the question that DJ Envy asked, you know, like, what were you listening to when you were high? Like, <laughs> oh, Kevin, uh, let me just butt in really quickly here. Um, just, I think we, I think they're getting the names confused. So she was, DJ Envy asked the reasonable question of what music do you enjoy listening to? And Charlemagne then added the, added the ruckus question of when you're high. So she was answering DJ Envy's question about what music do you listen to? And then Charlemagne interjected and said, when you're high. So Fox News is saying, and some people are saying that she answered Tupac uh, when, when she's high, but she was answering actually DJ Envy's question, which was the first question. So yeah, okay, continue. okay. I'm sorry, I got the I got the the DJ mixed up. up. Yeah, 
Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So it was DJ Envy who asked the question, like, what do you listen to? Period. Correct. And what are your favorite artists? Since you mentioned those two artists, I feel like it's a made up controversy. And what bothers me about this controversy is a, are you not looking at who the current president is and how everybody associated with this campaign is currently either in jail or under indictment? And, up. But but the controversy is what music Kamala Harris was listening to when she was in college or what? You know, just like seriously, this is so beyond stupid. If you ask me, what do you guys think of the controversy? Well, Kevin, I think that you explained it very well. So that was a lot of information to take in, and I think you explained it very clearly. Um, I think that on the topic, for me, I, I'm, I can't say I'm speaking for all millennials on this, but what matters to me right now on the topic of weed, which is becoming even legalized in many states, right? What matters to me right now on this topic is who is she now and what is she choosing now? So I don't care what she was doing in the past. I would like to know if she's doing it now, but for me, the past is the past on this topic with weed and who is she now? Like, that's what I care about. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more as far as in what, what, what's going on with you now. Now, she claims that she only did marijuana in college and hasn't done marijuana since. I don't know um, if she even really did marijuana in college because if I were running for president and I was asked a question about marijuana, honestly, I've never done marijuana. I don't have any judgments against people who do do marijuana, but I've never done it. So if I was running for president and I was asked that question, I'd be like, he's lying. And it's like, no, I'm not. Now I'm not running for president. I'm saying I've never done marijuana. So some of these questions, these gotcha things, another gotcha type thing that to me was absolutely ridiculous was one of the other presidential candidates who's now her name has immediately escaped my brain. Oh, Kristen Gillibrand, I believe. She, uh, um, after her announcement that she's running for president, she and some other people went to some restaurant um, uh, being invited by some mayor or somebody, and they were being served fried chicken. And so she asked the question, like, oh, well, you know, do we eat it with a fork and a knife or and, and at the restaurant to the server? And the server's like, oh, we use our hands here. So people were like, ooh, she's a little debutante using a fork and a knife to cut her, to cut her chicken. Ooh, she's not, she's not one of the real regular people. I'm like, the current president's constantly sits on a golden throne and has a plane with his name emblazoned on it and he's one of the people but yet the fact that she was asking if she what she should use silverware to eat chicken means that she's she's eliminated from being able to be president these we don't have the luxury of getting hung up on these little stupid things about i don't care if you're president if you're running for president if you wear boxers or briefs or your stance on sports bras i don't care <laughs> i want to know what you're going to do, I want to know if you can win and get and make this national nightmare come to an end. That's what I'm concerned about. What about you, Tone? I have two comments here. Um, one, I just want to frame correctly what, what Fox News or, or the people who were um, being detracted to this whole um, Kamala Harris story were trying to state and say how they were wrong. But what they were trying to say was wrong with this. It's not just that she smoked weed, but they were saying that Kamala Harris, when she was a prosecutor, smoke weed when she was actually prosecuting people for smoking weed so that was their whole argument like there's something terribly wrong about this because how can you be such a hypocrite to put people behind bars when you're smoking weed that's why they were so zoned in on the timeline saying that she was smoking oh no no weed. no that's what that no that's why I, I even said that some people are saying that she was lying that she, it wasn't when she was in college she was actually doing it when she was a young prosecutor and correct that's, yeah so that's that's the that's the issue but that, that's honestly 
let's even look at it on that angle. Are, are, are we actually going to pretend to be that naive to think that there are people who are currently prosecutors who haven't drunk driven or who haven't smoked weed or something like that? That is, we know for a fact that, that police officers do things that are against the law all the time in their personal life. Um, maybe I shouldn't say all the time. It happens. From some, don't sue us. So <laughs> it happens from time to time. So the idea that this would be different, I feel like because she's a woman and a woman of color, that she's being held to some kind of higher impossible standard. So I don't really know, A, if she ever did marijuana, I'll take her at her word that she did it when she was in college and then she's, that was enough for her. She experimented. And I love when people always say that they experimented with drugs. I always picture them in a lab coat with a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm experimenting. They're, they're, they're doing data entry about it. Oh, I'm seeing a unicorn now. Let me write that down. <laughs> so, <laughs> But anyway, but like I said before, what hap- what's happening in the country right now I feel like there are so many other things that we need to focus on, and I refuse uh, to let us get bogged down in something to me that is all kinds of meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like Sherry said, even if she were getting high as a prosecutor and prosecuting people because that was her job, how how could she not? If she's a prosecutor, your job is to prosecute. So let's say that she was like, oh well, I'm gonna be a hypocrite. I'd be a hypocrite to do this. So what I'm gonna do is never prosecute anyone for drug possession ever. She could never do that and continue to have a job. It's just a non-issue, really. Trying to make a trying to make a, a hill out of this little mole. And the second well, thing I, I want to add, Kevin, is that being a native New Yorker, our current mayor Bill De Blasio eats pizza with a fork and, and, and a knife. And our junior senator, Kristen Gillibrand, eats chicken with a fork and a knife. So get over it. Well, 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 obviously, he can never run for president eating pizza with a fork. Just thinking of that, you know what? Who else does that? The, the, another thing I love is when people have a, get upset about something until you tell them that their guy does the exact same thing. As soon as they talk about Kristen Gillibrand, all these Republicans saying, oh, ooh, she's so dainty with her fork and knife. Then they pull out a picture of Trump sitting on his private jet with his name on it. <laughs> With a fork and knife, with a, with a giant bucket of KFC Let's in front see. of him. So it's like, oh, ne- next. It reminds me of the exact same thing. I remember how when people, when Barack Obama first became president, there was a picture that came out of him in the Oval Office with his jacket off. He just had his uh, his his uh, shirt on and, you know, and pants. And, and uh, people were like, oh, my God, he is defacing the honor of the Oval Office. This is a travesty. And then they pulled up pictures of, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and every other president just wearing their shirt sleeves and not having a jacket on, and then like, yeah, move over next. Just I have zero patience for these idiots who focus on meaningless things while literally Russia is controlling our government and they are looking off into the distance like, la, la, la. So, And then they're going to focus on Kristen Gillibrand with eating chicken with a fork. Ridiculous. All right, let's move on. I think we settled that. All right, yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> oh, more, more. What's going on on Thursday? Oh, and Thursday says something related to, to nonsense. On Thursday, the the Colorado store whose owner boycotted Nike and stopped carrying all their products after Colin uh, Kaepernick ad, ca- uh, ad campaign began September 2018. Uh, so he's going out of business right now. His name is Steve, uh, Stephen Martin. And um, he boycotted basically um, 
the whole Colin Kaepernick um, campaign over principle. So he said it was principle over profit. And it looks like he lost a lot of revenue in this in this role and this decision that he took. So um, he said, you don't trample over the men who have given Colin Kaepernick and me the right to free speech. Um, do you think that this whole kneeling controversy is an attack on the U.S. military? And um, and do you think why do you think this store owner and so many believe so if you if you do think so or don't think so? Okay. Choosing to see and call out injustices um, when you have actually a moment, when you have the attention of the American people in your sport, I don't think that is trampling over the servicemen. And there are some servicemen who feel that it is trampling, and there are servicemen who don't feel like it is trampling. I, you know what? You know what I realize now and late in, in the game? I acknowledge it's late. I realized how huge what Colin did was. Like, it was literally like a Rosa Parks moment, like a modern moment, refusing to give up her seat. It's like this, this small act that could be painful in the moment to do. Like, he knew that somebody was going to say something about it, but would have far-reaching effects that change so much. Like... I'm glad that guy lost his store and he's playing it off, right? Like, like well, I wouldn't do it again. Like, whatever, dude. Shut up. You lost. Sit down. <laughs> well, I have to say, I am not sad that that store is closing. Um, but And I agree with you, Sherry, that it, it, it was a simple thing. It's it, uh, to a simple thing, but a very profound thing to kneel. The funny thing is, Colin Kaepernick, initially his protest was sitting during the National Anthem, and then uh, a person who was in the military felt like it was disrespectful, and they thought it would be better if he knelt, kneeled down versus sitting. And so that's when he switched to kneeling. And I don't understand when the, how the National Anthem all of a sudden got owned by people in the military. And so if we have a problem with something going on in the country, it means that you have a problem with the military, I think that's just an excuse to try and stop people from protesting. This is about unarmed people of color dying at the hands of the police and there being no repercussions for it. What does that have to do with having a problem with our U.S. military or people who fight for our freedom? The funny thing is the military people are fighting for your freedom to protest. And that was what Callum Kaepernick was doing. Silently uh, protesting in a nonviolent way. So right. they sh if, if anybody should be supporting it, it should be our people in the military that are fighting for us to have the right to be to have dissent. So it seems absolutely ridiculous. And I think the, the reason why people are tying it together is because it's very convenient to point at that versus the real issue. People absolutely. dying in the streets by the hands of the police uh, that are unarmed. That is the issue, not somebody kneeling at a football game they're pointing it out and bringing it up, and they want to, uh, to, to uh, move focus over to people kneeling and claiming, it, claiming that it's spitting in the face of veterans or something. This has zero to do with veterans. Absolutely. How do you feel, Tone? Wow, Kevin. I think you knocked it out the park using a pun from baseball. I mean, um, this is football, obviously. No, I think everything you said is completely 100%. I don't even think I need to add anything. I, exactly what you just said. Well, okay, well, we'll move on by saying on Friday, there was even more Kaepernick news. I don't know if you guys heard. Uh, the NFL and the attorneys uh, for Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed uh, jointly announced on Friday afternoon that they have settled a uh, complaint 
of of collusion by the two players who claim that the league's owners blackballed them because they protested by kneeling during the uh, the national anthem during the pregames. Uh, so this is uh, the statement. Uh, for the past several months, uh, uh, counsel for Mr. Kaepernick and Mr. Reed have engaged in an ongoing dialogue with representatives of the NFL. The statement, uh, the statement reads, um, as a result, of those discussions, the parties have decided to resolve the pending grievance. Uh, the uh, the resolution of this matter is subject to a confidential conf- confidentiality agreement, so there will be no further comments by any party. So that is legalese for kuching. <laughs> so the, clearly, Colin Kaepernick. And uh, uh, and uh, Eric Reed are getting a, a hell of a payday because they I guess the NFL didn't want if this actually went to trial, it would have been clear that this was collusion. They had been blackballed. That's why Colin Kaepernick, who was a qualified and, and pretty decent quarterback, could no longer get a job in the NFL. He had been blackballed. And so I am very happy that not only is he going to get a payday for that? And also I was reading somewhere that he is, he's still hopeful that he'll be able to play in the NBA again. I think that might be too hopeful, but hopefully he'll have enough cash that it won't matter. Another thing that, that that's good about this story is a lot of people, I don't know if you guys saw on social media, were burning their Nike stuff on uh, social media when uh, Colin Kaepernick w- became the face of the Nike. Nike campaign. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is like, um, you realize that you still have to pay for it when you burn it. So Nike is not hurting because you're burning the, your, the, the shoes you bought of theirs, idiot. So that's for so I. But but the but the what was amazing was actually Nike's sales went up because millennials were super down with it, and uh, apparently they identify with Kaepernick and what he was standing for more so than the older fans that were offended by it and were threatening to boycott uh, Nike forever. Kevin. Okay, so. Oh. Go ahead. No, Go ahead, no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sherry. Uh, I was just going to say, can we just like stop for like one second and just have like one moment of silence for justice right here? Justice Thanks. has been served. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Colin, we would love to have you on the show. We know you can't discuss the lawsuit, but we'd love to know what's coming up next for you. Dancing with the Stars, perhaps. Uh, oh my God! Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> Kevin. I just wanted to add that the man has been played since 2016, so it, it is a, a great personal sacrifice that he did this. And secondly, I like to add that to all the people who are upset about um, him taking a knee, to, to all the people who think this is anti-patriotic, that this is anti-American flag, anti-military, I also feel for them because this nation has a way, especially some people in power um, who are who are in power right now and, and their base, they have a way of kind of turning public opinion against, like what you said, Kevin, the actual issue, which is injustice to African-Americans and people of color and turning the issue away from that, and they're turning it into an anti-patriotic thing. So instead of these people focusing on the real issue, a lot of them, I think, are victims of misinformation, just like these people who are upset about this wall. They're victims of misinformation. Instead of focusing on the real issue, they're focusing on this, and in a way, they're also victims in this. Oh, another thing I... 
Another thing I hate is the idea that if when people complain about certain things, that's okay. Like people that want to wall up, they can complain and be just as American. But other people complain about certain things, like saying Black Lives Matter. Oh, well, then leave the country if you don't if you don't if you don't love it, leave it. You know what? The whole and it, one of the whole things about the uh, the beginning of the American idea was to form a more perfect union. We're continuing to work on making a more perfect union. So you can love something that isn't perfect, mm-hmm. especially if you've been in the kind of relationships I've been in. <laughs> you, can, you, you, <laughs> you keep working to make it better. And so you can love your country and also realize that unarmed children are being killed in the streets and have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. All yes. right, so let's move on to our next story. And speaking of the wall, on Thursday, President Trump announced he will sign the government funding legislation to avert another government shutdown. But he's also going to declare a national emergency to take money for a border wall from other parts of the federal budget. What do you guys think about this latest plot twist? And it's called the reality show that we're doing right now. It's called So You Think You Can President? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you think you can president. All right, so he thinks he can, and clearly he can't. So um, there was actually even more news I want to add before we discuss it. Um, on Friday, one of the things that made me very happy was because he actually has uh, done it. He's, de- he's declared an emergency, uh, national emergency, and we're, it's going to be fought out in court. But fake Trump emergency was trending all Friday, mm-hmm. so that made me feel very good. Uh, but one of the other things that was a really great development on Friday was a tr- uh, one-time Trump advisor, right-wing uh, uh, commentator Ann Coulter, or as I like to call her, Cruella DeVille's meaner sister, uh, is, is in, was in a Real Housewives of D.C. fight with the liar-in-chief. When Trump was asked about her during a Friday press conference, he said, I don't know her. <laughs> I hardly know her. Wow. Uh, I just don't have any time to speak to her. And then Bethany, I'm sorry, I mean, Anne <laughs> tweeted, <laughs> tweeted uh, the goal of the national emergency is for Trump to scam the, stup- uh, the stupidest people in his base uh, for two more years. Then the White Nini leak said, on a ra- I'm sorry, then Ann Coulter said <laughs> on a radio show on Friday afternoon, the only national emergency, uh, uh, the only national emergency we have is uh, that our president is an idiot. Wow. So I, I need to tell you people right now, you need to uh, no longer do air travel. It is no longer safe because the sky is filled with flying pigs. Because for the first time in history, I agree with Ann Coulter. Wow. It is crazy. Okay. So what do you guys think of this, of the state of emergency and this whole thing to try and get wall money? We don't need a fucking wall. We don't want a fucking wall. What is wrong with that guy? (laughs) Seriously. It's the classic ignore the internal issues and blame the foreigners for your problems. Stick. Seriously. Take the money. He can take the money that he wants to use for the fucking wall and lift Americans out of poverty. For example, he could use it to fund a universal basic income with mm. no stipulations. You know what? In fact, if he puts a fucking wall up, I hope the next president takes the wall down. You know what? No. More. <laughs> How much money is he and his friends going to make? 
during this construction, the construction of the wall? Like, how many of his contractor friends does he have, you know, like, deals with to put this fucking wall up? Seriously, all I see is money. If he puts the wall up, I hope we have this huge take the wall down thing. That's, yeah. Well, the first of all, to me, with the wall thing is the, the reason why I think it's incredibly ludicrous is walls have two natural enemies. One is the shovel that you can use to dig under it and make a tunnel and be on the other side of the wall. The other foe that scares uh, walls half to death is ladders. So <laughs> ladder next to a wall, and you are instantly on the other side of said wall. Not to mention the grappling hook. So it is a waste of money. It is a waste of time. And it, let's just be all kinds of real. If we actually, if he does get enough money to make his border wall the way he wants to make it, who are they going to hire to build it? My guess is they will be fluent in Spanish. Um, he will hire his contractor friends who he already has deals with to build it. And then he's going to make a lot of money and they're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Tone, any thoughts? The, 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 what I want to add about this is that I saw some people on Twitter uh, making a really great point. If this, whole if this whole national emergency actually passes the courts and he actually gets to use this money because of this na announcing a national emergency, th there's nothing stopping our next president, who I hope will be a Democrat or, or a liberal. Or um, Kamala Harris. Or Kamala yeah, Harris or Bernie. <laughs> uh, from having their own emergency, which is going to be health care, um, gun reform, um, uh, better immigration, um, Dreamer Act. So if he does this, he's opening the door for for more left-leaning presidents in the future to declare their own emergency. So I think he's stepping in it. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, there was actually just another mass shooting on uh, Friday. So it's just the idea that, it, that, that, that supposedly the border is a national emergency when there are less people uh, being apprehended at the border than there have been since the, the 1970s or something. It's, 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 the, uh, it's not an issue. This is racism, pure and simple. simple. And All deflection. Right. And deflection, yes. Like he's focusing on the fact that all oh, these foreigners are dangerous and they're taking our jobs, but really like the American, there's so many Americans who are suffering, like don't have money to put food on their table, can't pay their electric bill. And he made that worse with this stupid shutdown. He's not focusing on what's important. It's so stupid. Well, this is this is um, typical of, of a lot of leaders, especially they'll, they'll take a problem, which they see a solution to, and they'll push for that problem instead of addressing all the problems that are actually in front of us. So we're so focused on his stupid wall that we're freaking losing sight, like what Sherry said, of all the actual things that need a fixing in this country. Yeah. Oh, okay, so let's move on to Friday. All right, there was more Jesse Smollett news, and it is changing and shifting all the darn time. I don't even know if we're going to even try to talk about it, but I'm going to give it a shot. So on Friday, Chicago police announced two potential suspects in the alleged attack on Empire actor Jesse Smollett were arrested Wednesday night after police met them at the airport. The police said uh, they have not yet been charged. Uh, police can detain potential suspects for an additional 24 hours past the original 48-hour hold period under special circumstances. But uh, it must go through a, uh, the prosecutor's office, and it did, and they held them for uh, more than 48 hours. Uh, the Chicago PD also confirmed that the suspects have a relationship with Jesse Smollett. Uh, 
the news came a- uh, hours after police told ABC News they were classifying them as potential suspects. Uh, police also shut down a- uh, any re- uh, some reports that came in on Thursday uh, that were saying that uh, uh, the attack was a hoax. And uh, a policeman spokesperson said, uh, while we haven't found any video documenting the alleged attack, uh, there is also no evidence uh, to say that this was a hoax. The alleged victim is uh, being cooperative at this time and continues to be treated as a victim, not a suspect. So that was earlier on Friday. But then on Friday night, the two suspects were released. So what do you guys think? I feel like this is this plot is more twisty than an episode of Empire. Sherry? I I feel confused. I don't really know what's happening. <laughs> I don't think any of us understand what's happening. There were people that were arrested, supposedly having something to do with this crime, and they were held for more than 48 hours, and then they got released on Saturday night after that the police just first admitted they had arrested these people and that they had some kind of relationship with Jesse Smollett. Now they are free. So is it that they're going to stay free, or um, or is it or is it just they truly had nothing to do with this? Because these guys did happen to be black. Didn't you tell me to them they were Nigerian? They were, yeah, there were two Nigerian men who happened to be, um, who I think were extras on the show Empire. Like this whole story, like I don't even know at this point. Like it's it's so convoluted. I'm just waiting to get to the point where the police actually finish their investigation and they find the people who are responsible, so we know exactly what happened. Because right now it's confusing as hell. Yeah, and uh, but to me, what's very telling is words like "we're still treating him as a victim," and the and the uh, and Mr. Smollett is being cooperative at this time. Terms like that sound to me really dicey. So if somebody said like, you know, uh, Kevin is an alleged a uh, stabbing victim, I'm like, there's a knife in my chest, he's alleged. So when these terms like alleged and we continue, or at this time Kevin is cooperating, you know, that doesn't sound good if you ask me. It's all really confusing at this point. I don't know yeah. what to think or who to believe. Well, you know what? I think we need to move on to Trailer Talk. Okay, guys. So time for Trailer Talk. So Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And for all you fellow cable cutters who thought getting rid of cable was going to save us money on content, boy, were we wrong. Currently, you have to subscribe to Netflix to get your Stranger Things and The Punisher. Just getting two of my faves. Then... You got a CBS All Access to get your Star Trek on. Then you got an HBO Go to watch True Detectives and Game of Thrones. Don't forget your Hulu. And Westworld. And Westworld. And don't forget your Hulu subscription if you want to watch Handmaid's Tale. Then you got to sign up for Prime and get your two-day delivery to watch Bosch and Man in the High Castle. And now if you want a Doom Patrol, you got to sign up for DC Universe. And if your kids like watching Marvel movies and the future Dumbo, you got to sign up for Disney Play, which is coming in the future. But wait, <laughs> there's one more subscription you're going to need. If you want to watch Friends and the Big Bang Theory on their new future home, then AT&T just named Warner Media, their streaming service, which you're going to need to get, which is going to have some Warner Brothers content, and it's also going to have some HBO content that make it even more confusing. So you guys at home who thought you were saving money by cutting the cord, you're actually going to die a thousand deaths by streaming services. What do you guys think? 
whoa, 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 don't make it about the dramatics, okay? Look, the Millennium <laughs> Wow, it is very overall, dramatic. Overall, I'm so glad that people get to pick and choose, seriously, whatever they want, you know? Like, I am so glad about this. This is like my dream come true. I honestly don't care about half the stuff that you just talked about. Wow. So I don't feel like I'm going to be affected. But if you look at people's um, cable bill, I think that they're still going to be saving money. And you're not going to have all those stupid channels that you don't want. I see this as a total win. I ain't oh giving my- Warner Brothers my money, at least now anyway. They have to work really hard to get it. So. Wow. Oh, my God. For, for me, it's a nightmare come true. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely agree, Tom. This is, it's way too many services. Because to me, I was cool with just, I, I basically with Netflix. Then it, when, it, when it turned out that uh, Disney announced that they were going to have their own streaming service, they're taking all the Marvel content away and also all of the Star Wars universe, plus all of the Disney things that all the things that were, are currently available on Netflix are going the way of the Dodo not cool so it means yet another service you have to pay for so nbc is also launching a streaming service so that means all of its shows that are available on netflix are no longer going to be available on netflix basically everything that was housed under mostly one roof on netflix each of these parent companies that are producing are like wait a minute why are we letting netflix make all this money we'll create our own streaming service and hold on to our own content. So it just means you have to keep getting more pieces of pie. Whereas before you could just have Netflix and maybe Hulu and maybe HBO go and live a good life and be happy. Then it's like, no, your other show you want, that's on this. Your other show you want is on that. And this whole idea that there is a, like the, the, the service that's just, that has uh, um, the show that you, that we're going to be talking about later on uh, trailer talk. Um, the Doom Patrol. No, stop. Too many friggin' services. Okay, there's something that you're not thinking about here. One, you're not gonna want every one for every freaking season. So when your one show comes out that you like that's on Warner Brothers, you sign up, you watch it, you cancel. Or if it's already out, you binge watch and you cancel. Secondly, uh, aren't you really the problem here? Hear me out. Can't you control your desire to watch all of these shows? Can't you control your urges, Kevin? It's not their fault that you want to watch all these shows. It's oh, your fault. Oh my God, Miss, talk about desire, but Miss <laughs> Miss Westworld. Yeah, yeah, I have a desire to see Westworld, and I also have a desire to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. I need them to be on one service. I don't, I don't need them to be on 800 different services. Thank you very much. I am not the problem. I am the solution. And the solution is to boycott all these other lesser services, make them fall to their knees, and beg Netflix to take their content back. That's not going to happen. So you just wow. wait until all of the episodes come out, you sign up for one month, you watch them, and then you cancel. Well, no, that, that is true for when it comes to a service like, say, CBS All Access that has, like, one one or two things you care about. You wait for right. the whole season to air, then you join up for one month, binge watch uh, 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 Star Trek Discovery, binge watch, you know, Star Flip, Starfleet Academy, all the other little offshoots they're going to do, watch it all, and then get the hell out of Dodge. I agree. But the <laughs> idea that there's going to be, like, eight or nine different services I need to do that with and constantly be starting and constantly be stopping because – when they have like those free preview uh, 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 trial subscriptions, 
they don't automatically end. They automatically charge you. And if you're not on your game and keeping an eye on things, you can, oh my, wait, have I been paying for Hulu for six months and forgot about it? So, yeah, not cool. That is a problem. I'm, I am not happy with all this content that's now available on Netflix going to other services that they're looking to get into, dig into my pocket. What about you, Tone? As you heard from my intro, it is ridiculous. Like, Sherry, what you're saying is true. Yes, uh, for some of these shows, even though DC Universe got hit, they're like HBO. They, they upload one episode a week, so you have to wait till the end of the week, just like um, Star Trek, for example, on CBS All Access, to binge everything at the end. And then let's say you cancel. But that means, Kevin, we're going to have to have like a calendar, like with all yes. our shows on it, trying to figure out when to subscribe, when to cancel. <laughs> We're talking about eight services, I think, now, or nine. It's ridiculous. It's gotten out of hand, and I'm not happy. Oh, yeah, and it's only, it's only going to get worse uh, with even more More of them are going to do it. I'm sure that's next up will be Fox or FX who's going to have their own uh, streaming service. It's already enough. Enough. Look, so you choose your base subscriptions, the ones that you want, no matter what they have, because you know that they're going to have new content that you enjoy, like your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime, so you definitely get your two-day shipping, and then you have to just really look at what's going to come out when, and when you need to cancel, and when you need to subscribe to the other ones. It's a little bit of work, but you are saving money. Trust me, I'm a millennial. I don't, I don't need, oh, oh my God. Oh my you need God. that on a t-shirt. Trust me, I'm a I millennial. Trust me, I'm a millennial. <laughs> I actually can do that. Trust me, I'm a millennial that uh, has problems with eye contact. Anyway, but let's move on. <laughs> Shots fired at millennials. <laughs> oh, anyway, you guys are great. So anyway, so <laughs> let's, we're not going to settle this right now. So let's no. move on to uh, the, the trailers, uh, trailer reviews. And for those of you who are listening to the earlier part of the show and were confused about the die, 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 here's where it comes in. We're going <laughs> to be rating some trailers and we're going to rate them in a way that's easy to understand. We're gonna. We have three different rating systems. There is uh, movie theater, which means after we saw the trailer, we're all like, it did its job. We actually want to go see this movie in a theater. And if we rate it Netflix, it means like it seemed like it was okay, but we're gonna probably stream it one day. Um, so uh, we're not gonna go see it in a theater. And then if we didn't like the trailer at all, and we wish we could get those three minutes back, we're gonna rate that trailer die, die. So, Tone, what are the trailers we are reviewing this week? So, we have the Michael Chavez-directed La Llorona, which translates to The Weeping Woman. It's actually produced by James Wan, who now goes by James Wan. I make billion-dollar movies. And the trailer was out this week. Did you guys check the trailer? Oh, yes. We did see the trailer. And your thoughts? Uh, okay. I am not really into horror. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm really not because I don't like the energy that gets put out into, in those kinds of things. Like it's, it's freaky. Like I feel like I start seeing stuff, but, but I was like, what? I want to see so bad. Oh my God. This looks badass. So it gets an absolute movie theater from me. It looks so awesome. It looks very, um, authentic. I don't know authentically what, but it looks so authentic. It doesn't look cheesy. Like a lot of horror movies do that come out of, you know, big box fucking production studios. It, I don't know. There's something about it that is just like a yes for me. 
Okay, well, I'm, I should have tell uh, tell our audience a little bit about it since they can't see the trailer right now. Okay, uh, the curse of La Lorna, uh, ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of uh, child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. And I have to agree with Sherry. I was shocked at how super creepy, and there was a really scary scene in the trailer that happens during the day, because so many horror and scary things rely on just dark being scary. It's like, no, this whatever this entity is, she will claim you in broad daylight, she will snatch you into the darkness. So it's like, that was hella scary. Let alone there's a scene where somebody's taking a bath. Nothing seems to be scarier than basically being, we learn from Psycho, when people are bathing, when you're naked and mm-hmm. wet, that is the scariest time for somebody to try to kill you. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tone? Actually, um, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to this one. I thought the trailer was good. Like, like Sherry said, the, uh, there's something about the, the movies that that um, James Wan and Blumhouse, um, Blumhouse have, have been putting together. Like, they're quality horror movies, and I think this one's definitely that. I was kind of disappointed. I thought this was going to be uh, uh, in the franchise of the Conjuring universe, but I don't think it's in the Conjuring universe. Um, so, I, go ahead, Kevin. You want to say something? You I was saying, I've, 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 people have been wondering that, so there's still, there's still no definitive answer on if it's going to be in the same universe or not. Because that actor who's in it, isn't that the same actor who's in The Nun? That's what I kept thinking. I have to, I have to actually look that up. I, I, think, I think it's going to turn out that they are connected. So, uh, if it's in the Conjuring universe, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, James Wan has a great record when it comes to horror, and as you guys know, um, Aquaman definitely put him at, at a big box office position. So, I'm going to check it out, and I thought the trailer was solid. So, so you're giving it a movie theater? It's a movie theater for me. And a movie theater for me, too. So what's our next movie? So our next movie is the Ma trailer. And I, I, I'm calling it a trailer just by uh, I'm being generous. It was really the movie. Like, the, this trailer gave us the whole movie. <laughs> and it's a psychological um, thriller starring o- o- Octavia Spencer. And just for for people who are listening at home, um, she's basically a, a woman who invites some kids to her house to have some drinks as a safe place for them to drink because she doesn't want them drinking in the street. And things go really weird with her house and visiting her house. So, Kevin, can you give me more detail? Okay, let's see. Um, this is also a, uh, a Tate... Uh, Taylor uh, Bloomhouse uh, project and uh, the description is a lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, things start happening that make them question the intentions of their host. Oh, they need to do a lot of questioning. So for those of you who thought that the worst thing Octavia Spencer could do to you is serve you a poop pie, oh, it could get much, much worse. That that trailer is terrifying. And I do agree with you, Tone. It gives away too much because there's a question of her seeming a little off, but the trailer keeps going. It's like, okay, well, there's no doubt that she's a little off. (laughs) There's no mystery here. We know she's... She's a stark raving uh, uh, homicidal maniac. So it's not cool trailer. Yeah, bad trailer, bad trailer. Like I really thought <laughs> this trailer gave away all the movie. I was when I, I actually stopped watching the trailer three quarters in because I'm like, well, are they just gonna give me the ending now? Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> Sherry, what do you think? So I was uh, quite 
shook by the turn that the trailer took, which I absolutely felt like a movie. Uh, when you said they gave too much away, I understood completely what that means because I watched that trailer. Um, I, it was like the movie, and uh, it's kind of really, really, really freaky, but I don't feel like I, I need to see it because I saw it. Now, if somebody like made me watch it on Netflix with him, I would watch it. So what you're saying is you're giving it a Netflix. Absolutely. It's a Netflix for me as well, Kevin. What about you? Uh, well, I, I, let's make it a perfect three because it, it's the power of three. Because I agree. I give it a Netflix as well. I will say that Octavia Spencer is an incredible actress, and she's stretching in this. So it's neat to see her all homicidal and crazy. But I wish I would have been surprised because mm-hmm. she seems all adorable at the beginning of the trailer. But by the end of the trailer, it's like, oh, hell no. So yes. I would have I liked to have been surprised while watching the movie, not surprised while watching the trailer. Correct. <laughs> That's exactly the same for me. They gave too much away. What's next? Okay. So um, speaking of remakes and switching, and switching genders in a movie, we have The Hustle. The Hustle it features Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. It's inspired by the 1988 Frank Oz-directed comedy starring Michael Caine and Steve Marr and Dirty Rotten Scandrels. So this, this movie basically takes two um, con women and puts them against each other. And it looks like a comedy to me, but it, it could be maybe a dark comedy. Kevin? Okay, the, the funny thing, you mentioned it being a dark comedy. <laughs> One of the funniest parts of the trailer is when Rebel Wilson uh, uh, says at one point, release the peasants. And then, and so I'm like, oh, you mean pheasant? I'm like, no. And then, like, a little guy runs out and Rebel <laughs> Wilson's like, shoots him. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh my God, this is rough. And um, uh, oh, one thing I do want to mention about this story is that the, uh, at one point, I guess, uh, Anne Hathaway's character. Is takes takes uh, uh, Rebel Wilson under her wing and teaches her to be a better con artist, a higher level con artist. That's basically conning people instead of conning people out of a meal, she's conning people out of millions. And so, uh, at one point, I guess Rebel Wilson becomes so good they become rivals instead of protege and teacher kind of a, a thing. And so, what ends up happening is there is a, they they end up having a contest. And the loser has to leave that particular town. Uh, so it, I actually think it looked really fun. I was surprised. I haven't seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels uh, because I can't, I, I can't stand Steve Martin in anything where, that isn't a drama. I don't like him as a comedian. I like him in dramatic things. So what did you think, Sherry? It's a Netflix. <laughs> Straight to the point, Kevin. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. I, well, I agree. I agree. I actually enjoyed. It, I think more than you, but I think I w- I wouldn't go see it in a theater. But I will definitely the day it drops on Netflix, I'll be watching it that weekend. Ooh, it's a Netflix the for me day too. it drops. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. What's up next, Tone? So all these next two we're going to be talking about are, are not are less of a trailer and more of a sneak peek. Okay. So let's talk about Aladdin. Basically, we had like this first image of a of Will Smith as the genie, and boy, did it get blue. Did you guys see this? Yes. Oh, yeah. Jump in, anybody. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm... go ahead, Kevin. Okay, I was gonna say. Okay, I saw the trailer, and the funny thing is, there was an image released of the of the main members of the cast of uh, the Aladdin live action remake 
uh, on the cover of Entertainment Weekly or something. And people were freaking out because uh, Will Smith wasn't blue. And then the trailer came out with Will Smith being blue and people freaked out even more. And so seeing it, all I could, all I could think of is why it, it looked like a combination of avatar, like basically roided up avatar characters is what he looked like because was the genie always this buff i, I couldn't believe how ripped the genie is in this new version of aladdin what did you guys think all i saw was blue so... packs go ahead <laughs> Yes, I don't think that the other that the original genie had any definition, but that's just me going from memory. Yeah, apparently he was hitting the gym in that lamp. So he had apparently he had some free weights in there. Okay, so I can't pretend that I would go to the movies and see it. Okay, there's one condition in which I would go to the movies to see it. Um, and that would be to take my kids, but I'm not sure that this is like a kid movie. Did you guys consider the original to be a kid movie? Because I certainly watched it as a kid. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely a kid movie. You think okay, it was? Does this one seem like a kid movie to you? I think it's oh. going to ultimately be. If it's a Disney live action version of it, it's, it's, a, it's meant for the whole family. Yeah, it's meant for the whole family. Uh, but it, I see what you're saying. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not sure. This is a Guy Ritchie produced movie. I mean, Guy Ritchie directed. And I'm just curious to see. I've never seen him do wholesome, so I'm really curious to see how this turns out. Oh well, you know, right. guy, guy Ritchie. Oh wow. Well, that maybe that explains why he's so buff. I don't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. So I can't see myself taking my kids to see it from what I have currently seen of it. It doesn't seem like anything they would be excited to go see, or that maybe would even be for them. But I would definitely watch it the day it dropped on Netflix, since Kevin has given us this new category. So first day Netflix drop. Yeah, I agree. This would be something I'd, I'd have to see on Netflix just to see how how crazy it gets. Because honestly, I didn't like the original, uh, uh, what's it called, Aladdin. Because I, I, Robin Williams used to grate on my last nerve with that manicky thing that he would do. <laughs> that was just I was never feeling that. So <laughs> I only liked him as a dramatic actor. No comedies for me, thank you. So yeah, this is a Netflix for me for sure. Um, and let me just add that um, that Disney is taking a chance here. They have Guy Ritchie, who has a very specific style of directing Aladdin. They also have um, Tim Burton, who has a very, very specific style directing the new Dumbo. So I'm curious, I'm really interested to see how these movies will turn out because they're very director-driven movies. And in, in the past, we had movies where there was Disney movies. They would actually fold into more into the Disney brand. And here we have the opposite. We have very specific directors, very specific visions, doing remakes of movies that are already dear to us. So I'm really curious to see how it turns out. But for me right now, it's a Netflix. Or, or let, me be, let me say better, a Disney play. <laughs> No, you're right. It will, it will not be on Netflix. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. What's next? So next is another snippet, but damn, was this strong. We had a little glimpse of Frozen, and it was Elsa battling a sea with her ice powers. And man, this thing just wrecked Twitter. I, everywhere I looked, it was like, let it go, let it go. So what did you guys think about this little uh, sneak peek for Frozen 2? Okay, well, let me tell you guys a little bit about Frozen 2, according to IMDb. It says, uh, Frozen 2, Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf go far into the forest to learn the truth about an ancient mystery of their kingdom. Ooh. Okay, the trailer 
Okay, first of all, I'm embarrassed to say how much I love the original Frozen. I'm not a person who likes musicals, per se. It's just like, yeah, why sing it when you can just say what, how you're... I love you. I need you to sing for <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, just tell me how you feel. And how do we all know this choreography? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> but I was shocked that I actually... I, for me, it was Olaf stole that movie for me. And uh, when I think of a snowman dreaming of summer, that movie just warms my heart. And... Um, the trailer was shocked. It was it wasn't a trailer? You're right. It was a it was a tease. It was surprisingly emotional. Mm-hmm. There was like almost zero dialogue. It was shockingly emotional. It looked incredible. Well done. And it got me. It, it did its job. I actually I would go to the theater to see it tomorrow. But we yes. have to wait till no. I have to wait till November. Wow. And I do have to say one other thing. This tra- I'm not the only one that was feeling this. Apparently, this trailer received uh, over 116 million views in less than 24 hours, beating out the previous record holder by over 3 million views. And that last winner was the first trailer for Incredibles 2. So people are excited. I, I, I would just say, so me, it's a movie theater all the way. What did you guys think? I didn't watch the first one. Um, yes, I have kids. My kids have definitely seen it thousands of times, but I was never there ever. I've not even seen one minute of the movie. I did watch the clip. It looks pretty cool. Um, my, I know that my youngest will absolutely freak out and absolutely have to go see it, but probably I'll get someone else to take her. So for me, <laughs> um, for my daughter, it's a movie theater. <laughs> I, I'll, I'm going to take her. I will take her to the theater. We'll see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't see myself playing it on Netflix, but I don't want to kill it because I don't dislike it. I just have no interest in it. So um, do we have any gray area for I'm a millennial? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that is nope. called kill. Kill. Okay. Natural <laughs> causes. Wow. Okay. All right, Tone. What about you? Uh, trust me, I'm a millennial. I'm gonna get that T-shirt. Uh, for, for for me, <laughs> it'll be out within 24 hours, folks. Go ahead. A millennial. For me, it's a movie theater. My daughter's three, and I was I, I, I obviously seen Frozen plenty of times because they children watch everything on repeat. So for me, I thought it was a great a great tease. I was definitely into it, and it's amazing how much emotion they were able to uh, to to pull just with those simple scenes of her fighting the ocean. So for me, it's definitely a movie theater. All right. Okay. And what is- Can I ask a question, guys? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, am I missing something? Should Should I watch it? Should I bite the bullet and watch? Oh my god! Movie? I can't believe. Okay, honestly, Sherry, I can't believe you have children and you haven't sat down and tried to watch Frozen. Frozen is actually a groundbreaking Disney thing, and it, it, it didn't. It doesn't have this classic Disney princess kind of story. It's actually. It's not a love story. It's a story about a, a, a sister relationship. It's about basically being empowered. A lot of people, honestly, if we're gonna really, if we're gonna go there, let's go there. A lot of people believe that Princess Anna is actually the first Disney princess that's a lesbian. And so there are people that actually really believe that. So I don't know how far Disney's willing to take this, uh, but uh, it was it, it was not the movie I thought it was going to be either. I saw it well. I didn't see it at the theater, the original movie at the theater. I saw it when it was on on uh, 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 some uh, cable channel, and I was shocked at how much I loved it. It was really good. So I think you Tell- should give it a shot. I think you should give it a shot. I was again. I watched it subconsciously because my daughter kept playing it. But when I started paying attention, I'm like, "This is pretty good." And the songs—I hate to admit it—but I love those songs. They're pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty catchy. 
Oh wow. my God. In, in summer is that song is that is one of the most infectious little moments of that movie that song where a snowman is singing about fantasizing about how he's experiencing his first summer, summer. oh my god i love it yeah. <laughs> don't tell okay nobody. where can i watch it tell me where i can watch it is it on netflix or anything like that no okay that is, you know i don't know where it's current i don't know where it's currently streaming um okay. honestly I'll i have to it. look it up okay but definitely okay. worth a shot Definitely worth okay. it. I'll, I'll give it a go, guys. Thanks. Okay. What is the last trailer we're reviewing, Tone? Well, the last trailer we're reviewing. Well, if you if you thought you had enough with Teen Titans and Young Justice, well, move over because Doom Patrol, the extended trailer, which was like an episode, came out, and it and it basically um introduced us to DC Universe newest live action superhero um team. Um I really could not explain to people at home what the trailer was about. I was very confused, even though I saw it twice, trying to get some a hold on it. Kevin, can you show us some color of what, what oh, was oh, happening? I, I, can give, I can give you this incredibly detailed description from IMDb about the show. <laughs> okay. It, it says, Doom Patrol, the adventures of an idealistic mad scientist uh, and his field team of super-powered outcasts. So that tells you a lot. But um, but anyway, it's it yeah. Basically, it's it looks like it's a period piece. Like it's it's taking place not today. Like it's in the the fifties or something. I think uh, from the look of it, I'm not sure. But it looks like it takes place, or at least some of the characters are from another time. Um, I don't know if they're just stuck in that time from when they were young. But it looks like some of the characters are from the fifties. Uh, it looks interesting. Basically, if you like X Men, it this is a total kind of misfit. Uh, uh, unfortunate accidents happened to us and they gave us superpowers but they've also shunt, made society shun us kind of thing so if you're an outcast that wants to save the world then this might be for you um, and also one of the things that's a kind of interesting spin that's not usual there happens one of the superhero team is uh, played by Matt Balmer and Matt Balmer apparently only plays gay characters now so um, his character in this also seems to be hella gay so um, there's that too <laughs> so i saw the trailer twice and i aesthetically it's a very interesting aesthetic like it looks like a period piece it looks like a, a fiction like frankenstein make like i really can't put my finger on this thing i, I want to watch it for me it's definitely a, a watch but i it's a dc universe i guess uh but i'm not really i'm not really sure what i'm in for well, the funny thing is, this is one of the ones gonna. It's hard for me to rate because if I if it was on Netflix, I would definitely check out the first episode, no questions asked, because the trailer got me uh, interested. Brendan Fraser, I haven't seen him in a while. Timothy Dalton, who I love, is in it, and like I said before, Matt Balmer. Uh, but it's another streaming service you have to get to to see this. Mm -hmm. So because because of that, I'm sorry, I have to kill it. But if <laughs> if it's ever resurrected on Netflix, then I will totally watch. Sherry. <laughs> so I am actually a Marvel girl, but DC, if you want to put me in anything, all right, I'll switch. Um, but as of now, <laughs> I, love, I love the idea that you're, you're willing to switch if they put you in one of their one of their projects. You're like, I'll come over to your side instantly once you start paying me millions. Right. <laughs> yes. But I haven't found anything from DC that I enjoy, so I already coming. I mean, okay, Aquaman. Okay, okay, but it's not a show. Um, I I don't really get their universe, and I did watch the trailer, but I didn't feel excited about it. If I could watch the first episode for free, like Kevin said on Netflix, I would definitely check it out because I'm into superhero type stuff. But I don't know. 
So what you're saying, basically saying is a kill, or is it, is it a Netflix? If it's on Netflix, I'll Netflix it. All right. Well, that's the best we can, as best we can do. So it's almost time for us to wrap the show up. And uh, here at Last Weekly, no matter how rough or crazy the or weird the week gets, we like to end it on a somewhat good note. And it's the time of the show where I ask my co-host what their favorite thing about the week was. So, Sherry, what was your favorite thing about this week? Absolutely. And I came prepared again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so... The, my favorite thing of the week is another YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I spent so many hours this week with my daughter, who's 15, watching this YouTuber that she watches. His name is Yub. You can find him on Twitter as Yub Plays. We watched his gameplay of Detroit Become Human, which is a PS4 game, which is Almost a crime to me because I'm an Xbox girl for life unless PS4 wants to give me a free one. Um, <laughs> but like, we I've watched, seen a pattern here. <laughs> we watched Yub play Detroit Become Human. We're about six, seven episodes in. And it is such a joyful, joyful experience. I got to learn about this guy who, you know, he, he, he's a little rough around the edges. But, like, during this, he showed compassion and heart. And the game is a beautiful, beautiful game. It's a game where these AI robots start taking on, um, like, well, they become sentient. Is that the word I would use? So you get to see them uh, navigate uh, the world in their new reality and their new position, I guess, in life. And it was just extremely enjoyable. I have a few more episodes and I'm on my daughter like, honey, can we watch another episode now? And so, Yub, thank you so much for making my week so incredibly enjoyable and making a fun quality event for me and my daughter. And uh, everybody, shout out Yub, Yub, at me, because I think you're awesome. And uh, that was my favorite thing of the week. Oh, yay. What about you, Tone? My favorite part of the week is that I survived another Valentine's Day. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> survived i made it through every year i'm married and i'm like always worried like i don't know if this is going to be enough i don't know if this is going to be too much so i don't know if, if i should say this like i always think there's going to be a problem so i just made it through this valentine's day thank god and i'm happy for that you kevin i'm glad we get to keep you for another um another episode yay i'm oh happy too Oh my God, your your poor wife. All right. <laughs> what I have to say is, I'm actually grateful that uh, a, a a bill got signed to to fund the government, so the people that were in jeopardy of not getting paid yet again, just literally a month after they weren't paid for over a month, they're gonna get paid. So I'm I was I'm glad we reverted another government shutdown, even though the first shutdown was caused it was a Trump shutdown, all day every day. So, so you know, if you don't want any more shutdowns, get rid of the current president. So that's my favorite thing about the week. All right, so it's time to wrap up the show, guys. And let me say a little bit more. I need to say Aziz Ansari spoke out for the first time since uh, sexual misconduct allegations were made against him a year ago. Amazon canceled plans for a New York uh, City headquarters that would have brought over 25,000 jobs uh, to the city. Uh, and shockingly, there is a new video, apparently, of uh, singer R. Kelly featuring, allegedly featuring singer R. Kelly, having sex with a girl believed to be 14, and it found its way to CNN headquarters. 
So we can't cover every single story that happens during the week, but we would love to know what you want us to talk about. Because if you say you want us to basically recap that story, we will do it. And we also want to hear what your favorite thing about the week is. So please share it with us. Let us know. And there are three, count them, three ways you can do it. You can leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. You can tweet us at Last Weekly on Twitter, and you can send us an email uh, to lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We appreciate you, and thank you so much for listening to the show. And it's time to end it the way we do every single week. Um Thank you for joining us and join us for the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end until we say so. Goodbye. Until we say so. Bye. 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 Bye.